Good morning, everybody. It's day two, week two. So some of you might still not have started properly. Some of you are full steam ahead. Some of you are just picking yourselves up from a weekend. But again, let's just smash today. That's all we can do. Now, we did a nutrition seminar last night with Dr. P. Please do listen to it. The last 15 to 20 minutes is Dr. P busting myths. And obviously, nothing is black and white, uh, really. There's always nuance to stuff. So... Dr. P's tried, he was squirming, saying yes and no, and I get it, because he doesn't want to be with those people, as just says, black and white yes and no's, but that's a good segment for you to listen back to, and any questions that come from that, you of course have access to our email with a nutritionist, uh, one-to-one email address that you can do in nutrition.turtle.com if you wanted to clarify anything as well, or wait till the next seminar. But a few things I want to raise that came up, and what Dr. P spoke about, and this is our philosophy of Turtle, is... You have permission to eat every single food, any food you want, right? That permission, right, the permission to eat anything is is the keys to freedom. So when you don't give yourself permission and you say one food is off limits and one food isn't off limits, that breeds fear, basically. It breeds anxiety, it breeds fear and worry, um, and it breeds essentially psychological conflict in the mind about whether or not you should be eating this and that. And when you think you, and we know this, it's a classic human thing, like we want what we can't have. Like, why is that such a thing, right? Why is that a thing? But it's just true. Like, it's just in, for some reason, we do want what we can't have. And therefore, that's why kids, when you say you can't do this, they're more likely to do it. It's something weird. And I don't know the exact psychological reason behind it, but it seems to be true for most people. So, if we can get rid of this, like, you know, the forbidden foods, right? And we let them all open, what happens is our craving for all these you know quote-unquote forbidden foods or problem foods actually melts away right and you see this on an extreme scale like if you look at Portugal who had a a big drug problem what they did was they made all drugs legal or I I believe like they made it you know everything decriminalized drugs completely and you know their their drug use and crime use has like gone way down right when you grow up, when things are forbidden, like smoking, or you people start like, oh, taking weed and this, and it's like, you know, drink underage drinking, and you kind of, you, there's more of a, oh, there's more of an explained segment to do it, and there's a kind of a, there's a fight, there's a conflict. We tend to gravitate towards things that, in the end, that we can't have, and we, then we want them because we can't have them. So remember, the big psychological win from, and they mentioned, I think it was Jessica in one of the groups she was in, saying that the ability to eat whatever foods you want going into the weekend is freeing. And as long as you understand that it's just about moderation and portion sizes, right, that's why we that's the essentially where we gotta be on point with. Happy days. No longer does food rule your life. No longer do the forbidden foods squeak in the corner going, Yeah, you want me, but you can't have me. No, we go, I can have you, mate. Shut up. You sit over there. I I can have you any time, but just don't want you. How's about that? How's about that, Doritos? Yeah, you, you think you think that I can't have you, but I can. But I don't want you. Power goes away from that food. Do you know what I'm saying? And then we moved on to another important topic, which was, you know, should we eat all the food on our plate, right? Now, the studies that show over time, plate sizes have gone bigger. And as plate sizes have gone bigger, we've eaten more food because we've eaten to finish the plate. And there was another study done then on giving people the same amount of uh, foods in different plate sizes. And actually, you know, it clearly showed that the smaller the plate, the smaller their um, food intake, and also just the still in tune with kind of the satisfaction. So once we've cleared the plate, satisfied, right? Obviously, if you go to 
um, one of those Michelin star French restaurants and they give you a blob. They give you a little blob of soup and you go, yeah, mate, you're taking a piss. That's like 150 quid for like two foods and it's literally licked off a plate. It's gone. And those are extreme things. But in general, we tend to uh, want to complete things, don't we? But when it comes to someone offering us food and the family saying, you know, eat, finish your food, it's bad to waste. We really have to question that because when you're kids, it makes sense, you know, eat your food, get your calories and energy and get your veggies in. It makes sense to kind of ingrain it. But as adults, I look at it like this. I look, this food is going to waste, right? Okay, so I'm, I really don't eat them full. And if I do eat, I'm going to feel terrible. And I'll, I'm more, of a, I'm more value, valuable to this world than my friends when I'm not feeling terrible. So why should I force this food in me? And if I did this all the time, I'd feel worse and worse. So how can I limit the wastage of his food? Well, one, I can put it in a container and put it in the fridge and have it another time because I'll have macros again tomorrow. I do that when I eat out a lot, especially like Lebanese foods. And I always tend to eat, order a bit too much. They tend to just pack it up and then I take it home. If you've got a dog, can the dog have the food? That's not going to waste then, you know. Um, how else is there? I don't even know. If, can you put food in like compost or something? I don't know. Let, let me know if that's another thing. Like there's ways it doesn't have to just fly in the bin. For some, most of you, there's probably, you know, you can save it for another time or there's, you got, you know, a dog or whatever to have it. So that's another way. Or you feed it to the birds. I don't know. Just give it to nature. Give it out. My mother throws bread to the birds all the time. And I'm like, mommy, why, when I go home, I'm like, why is there 50 birds or something in my bedroom? So you go, oh yeah, you're throwing flipping bread up there to give it to them. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so there's ways to lim- reduce the waste. It's not such black and white, like if I don't finish it, it's gone to waste. That's just, a, again, one of those first impressions that we need to question whether it's true or false. And if we should take it on and be like, yeah, I am wasting. Actually, no. It's better for me not to waste. It's better for me to eat to I'm to, to I'm full and then if it is a bit too much then over time I will adjust my portion sizes I will order less food when I'm out I will tell people to give me less up front and stuff like that until I kind of get it bang on most of the time while I'm eating to fullness and not overeating um not ordering too much food um with that so then you and I think was it Emma Raducanu put a photo up in like when she was in Singapore and there's a poster on the wall being like Remember not to overeat, don't overindulge, you'll feel worse about it and all that stuff, kind of reminding people about it, which is, which is a good reminder people should have in restaurants over here. We tend to over we overeat and waste, but yeah, we can need to be more in tune with us all. Um, the next point is I did a poll in the nutrition seminar asking, you know, have you ever changed your friend's mind on a fact they believe about health and fitness and in general anything that they believe in? So someone might say, oh, you shouldn't eat chocolate bars, bad for you, Slimming World says no. 70% of people said they have not been able to change someone's mind, okay? And this is an important point because as you progress in this fitness journey, you tell people, yeah, I'm doing this thing turtle, and they go, oh, sounds stupid, doesn't sound right. Oh, it's, it's always an automatic negative reaction. And it's something, it's weird that, that we have it. Like, I remember growing up and, you know, playing Xbox and stuff like that, and like me and my friends would play it and we'd, we'd, all, we'd always argue about stuff and we'd never agree. So like someone would say something about some fact like, oh, you know, he lives in America, that game of, that game of tag, Angel of Evil. And I go, no, he lives there. And then it's kind of like, we're just fighting over a pointless thing, like no one's to be wrong. And actually it's just really stupid why it's an automatic conflict. Like I remember those moments all the time, those gaming moments, everybody would just always be arguing. No one would ever agree on anything. As a natural state. Uh, so when you do tell your friends about stuff, you need to think about, 
when you tell them, you need to ex- ex- expect um, kind of a, what's the word, negativity back, right? So that's fine. You need to accept they're going to give you what they think is right. And obviously most people have, are not clued up on what's right and wrong when it comes to nutrition. And then you're going to be, then you're going to have to understand you're never going to change your mind. So if you do, like Dr. P had some good advice here, is, is to first of all say to people, is there any evidence I could supply to you that would change your mind on what you believe about that fact? And they will say no. And then you go, okay, there's no point, right? It's just pointless. Like I remember I speak to my cousin a few weeks ago. He's like talking about stoicism. I was like, mate, like you, he was saying about stoicism is about uh, not having emotions. I was like, wait a second. Like that's not even, we can't even have more discussion about this unless we start from facts. Stoicism is not about having no emotions. It's about understanding our emotions and responding can we agree on that? And it's like, yeah, uh, then he's like, okay, uh, okay, yeah. I was like, okay, we can agree on that. Let's move next step. And you can see his hesitancy there. It's like, ah, oh, he doesn't believe it. So we're better off not even telling people about what we're doing health fitness-wise. We will show them through our actions and actually when we start losing weight or getting fitter and stronger, we're eating all the foods we want to do, we're still mental health improving, we're happier, we're more joyful, we've got a little uh, boost in our step. Then people start asking, actually, what are you doing? And that's how you actually bring people in and you kind of become a leader, essentially, within your groups, is actually if you just... Like Epictetus says, a Stoic philosopher 2,000 years ago says about, a sheep doesn't tell you... They tell the farmer, I'm eating this grass, I'm eating, look at all this amazing grass I'm eating, look, look, and the farmer's like, the sheep will just show through its wool the results of its eating and what it's doing. It doesn't need to say, like, it just will just show it. Right? And that's what we're going to do. We're going to embody the turtle method, the turtle philosophy, and it's going to show and it's going to radiate from us. And we don't need to say about waste of our energy on people that we're doing this and fighting this and intermittent fasting and keto. Let them believe what they want. Only when, when they decide they're open to change, they will change. You can't force someone to change their mind or change something. That's something I've had to learn especially when you talk about helping your friends and stuff, some people just, you know, you can give them all the best advice in the world. You can literally hand them an opportunity, a path to take that would lead them to a better, healthier life. And they they refuse. They don't do it, right? And it's just a sad reality, okay? So we're better off leading by example. And if people want to come and ask questions and help in the way, happy days, and we're not going to force, don't waste your energy, except you're going to wake up and your friends and family tend to be the ones that actually are the most negative towards any health and fitness change you do. Uh, That's just the sad part about it. But actually understanding, like, just not letting it impact your relationships, just leave it there because it can turn into a a messy, messy thing. Does that make sense? Now, to finish off a voice note, day two of week two, you know, realistically now, some of you have been listening to the seminars, voice notes, some stuff, and your mindset's on the change and all that. Now, remember, like, change isn't going to happen straight away right you might feel tomorrow you might wake up today feeling wow i'm pumped and you've got the support of the whatsapp group some of you might be like oh i still don't care it's very there's a there's a huge kind of scope of how people are feeling right now and going into the next week there's something called the valley of despair to be aware of and the valley of despair is something that is that happens a lot on any new journey you take so it's kind of when you start something new you're full of motivation you're pumped up then like a few days later, you're like, yeah, keep going. And then you kind of go, oh, actually, uh, it's too much information. I can't take it all in. And then you go into the valley of despair. And then you end up going back to step one again on another diet a few weeks down the road. But actually understanding when we do go over some, or when we do have information overwhhelm sometimes, we tend to always blame the information. 
ah, the information is too much information. Well, if that's the way we try and navigate the world, then there is too much information everywhere. How do we navigate the world? Because it is full of information, news and this and that. We obviously focus our attention and we try and break things into bite size. So if you're still feeling overwhelmed, you need to break it down, right? There is that planning session to watch. There is the wiki guide to go through. There is that nutrition at turtle.com email to start emailing and get some advice. There is just tracking what you eat in the macros app. Okay, there is just getting your steps in or doing a workout. There's these singular building blocks we can start doing. And if you feel on the back foot, don't worry. It's very normal. You can still get a hell of a lot from this challenge. Trust me. Our challenges before have been, you know, we used to do a five-week challenge and then we did the octagon. We did 12-week challenge and we did 10-week challenge and then we've done five-week challenges and six-week challenges. And even in the five to six-week challenges, we've seen amazing, unbelievable results. Obviously, with the longer challenges, we see you know, bigger results, right? But it's always about week six to seven that is going to be a dip as well. And that's perfectly normal. So this challenge is still a lot of time in. We've still got a lot of game time. We've got plenty of game time. We're never out for the count. We can, Even if you want to the last few weeks, you could still, you know, you still got this for life. So I want you all to start remembering you don't have to do everything. You still don't have to do everything. You never have to do everything. And you'll be amazed that by taking it step by step, how much progress you're going to make over time. Someone said on Turtle Radio yesterday, stopping the visualization of, oh my God, it's nine, eight, got to do this for another nine weeks and all this, and, you know, stopping and actually focusing one day in a time is magic. And it is. You The worry of, oh my God, I've got to do this for nine weeks melts away when actually, if you can just do what's ahead of you today, we can get through anything one day at a time. It's on one of our turtle coins. And it's absolutely true. If we can do something for today, we can do it for tomorrow, we can do it for two days. If we can do it for two days, we can do it for three days. But the, the magic is we have to think of the day itself, right? We have to think of the day in a silo. Remember playing rugby and we used to, when we used to go ahead and win, you know, score three or four tries and we'd be t- like 28 points up. The coach would always be, it's nil-nil. It's nil-nil. Don't start thinking of, well, the game that got 60 minutes left was smashing it. Always nil-nil. It's always the next play that matters. Kept our focus on the play ahead as opposed to, oh, we're cruising it, we're winning, we're easy. And then you know what happens when you think like that? You get the counter-attack comes, and before you know it, you've lost a few tries, and you, they're back in the game, and you let, you've let them back in the game. And kind of, this is the same thing with this journey. You can let these like negative things come back in. Let's take it play by play. Even if you're winning, even if you're losing, it's always the next play that is the only move. So, for example, you're losing now. Say if like, you think you're losing, quote-unquote losing. The next step, there's only there's a positive action we can do, as there's, there's a continuous negative action. Right? There's only two real pathways you can go down next. And it's the same when you win in. There is two. Do you go positive again? Do we think silo positive or do we go negative and we just let it run away from us? So there's always it's always a decision, the next one. And if we can just keep playing that, we might lose some, but we'll keep gaining. Does that make sense? And today, let's build a positive block. Today's a positive block day. Get your steps in, track your macros, do your workout, listen to a seminar on a walk, turtle radio, whatever. Don't have to do everything. But again, try and get involved in something. And uh, yeah, make sure you're in a WhatsApp group. If you're not in a WhatsApp group, please message me and I'll try and help you get in one. And uh, happy days. So let's narrow it down now. It's Tuesday, week two. What is your one big thing today? So one big thing, if you just did it, your day would be a success. Okay, mine last Friday, doing the VAT return. Oh my God, just didn't do an ass. Oh, done. I felt so much better for it. Even if I didn't do anything else, I felt great. 
you know, it might be meal prepping, oh, meal prep done and done now, cool, right? Think about what it is and get it done. And listen back to Dr. P. Seminar, if possible, you can fit that in. But guys, enjoy your day. I'll speak to you all soon.